welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? It's going very well, Ellen. Very well. Good. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about Edenbrooke by Julianne Donaldson in today's mini episode. But first, mom, city or countryside? Ooh. Uh. Um. Um. Probably countryside. Not not that I'm like super outdoorsy or anything, but I also don't like the hubbub of a city. Yeah. And it used to be that I liked being around shopping and stuff, but now I don't even like any of that stuff. So she just needs Amazon. I just need Amazon, <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. I, th- I mean, between the two, I think I would pick countryside as well, which is kind of funny because I definitely live in the city. Right in the heart of the city. Yeah. Um, but, and I think, yeah, like, there was a time where I was like, I'm going to live in New York and be that kind of girl. And <laughs> now I'm just like, ugh, that sounds exhausting. Ugh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> just the traffic alone would make me crazy. Yeah. Um. I I would never want to be like too far removed from you know a city. Well, society is so different now in that you can be like far pretty away. Remote. Yeah, and pretty remote and still be super connected, you know, yeah, through. Yeah, that's true. You don't it's not like like when we lived in northern Maine, I just about went crazy, but if I had been living in northern Maine with you know, internet access and social media and, you know, so I could keep in touch with my family. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of things now that would make it a whole different experience than it was when I was doing it. Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah, so there you go. I just figured since that was such a a thing in our book, that that would be a good question. Good question, Ellen. Thank you. Um, Okay, so today we are going to be talking about Edenbrook by Julianne Donaldson. This is a standalone but she also wrote a prequel from philip the hero's pov about him becoming the heir and then some of his meeting with mary and the heroine so here is the description that i did write oh wow i know um Marianne Daventry is ready to escape the hustle and bustle of Bath and the hustle of a suitor who she would rather not encourage. She longs to return to the comforts of country life, preferably to that of her home, but any tranquil destination will do. When the invitation arrives to visit Edenbrook, the country estate of her late mother's girlhood friend, she readily agrees. She will get to be amongst horses and trees again, and her twin sister Cecily, who has her sights set on the estate's lord. When her journey to Edenbrook includes an encounter with a highwayman, a mysterious stranger lends a hand in getting her to her destination, only for her to discover that he himself is a resident at Edenbrook. But is there more to this flirtatious stranger than she expected? And when push comes to shove, will Marianne choose family loyalty over the desires of her own heart? Mm. Okay, mom. Well done. (laughs) What did you think of Edenbrook? Ellen. Ellen. (laughs) I loved this book. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really loved this one a lot. 
It was just, it's, it's definitely one that I'm going to want to reread because it's just so, it just was so heartwarming and sweet and just gave me all the like flutters and feels and swoons. Well, it was sweet and romantic and then passionate Mm -hmm. and it was just, and it's just like a good old, you know, old romantic, you know, Mm -hmm. historical and I gave it five stars on Goodreads and I don't do five stars very often. Yeah. I yeah, I really liked it a whole heck of a lot, as I'm sure you could tell by how much I highlighted in this one because <laughs> I highlighted a good amount. I really liked it too. Um okay, what did you think of Marianne as our heroine? I loved Marianne. I loved all the f- funny quirky little things that she would do and I just her loved twirling her, and her twirling I loved it and um just you know when they're attacked by the high women and she's just like okay well we just got to take on you know she just would take control and go with it and just like okay we're in this situation now so what do we do to fix it and yeah. I just love that go get them mentality and yeah. I mean obviously Philip did as well but uh <laughs> There was all kinds of things about Marianne that I just loved. Yeah, she's so sweet. And her loyalty to her sister, even though her sister was kind of annoying. Yeah. Just all those things. Yeah. Um, she's so sweet. Uh, I, you know, she is at times a bit naive and maybe is not super wise to the fact that he is so obviously in love with you. <laughs> But she's also 17. She hasn't had much, if any, real interactions with men, I don't think, is what I got from the book. Well, she's never even been to London, so she's never had any Her kind season of, or come out or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, or any interaction with society, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, so while it was annoying and frustrating, I, I kind of believed it of her and it felt organic to the character um and there is an age discrepancy but we never really find out how much exactly and she is 17 like i said but i well, never it's not f- too bad because i think in his book because we both read the novella the prequel yeah. and in his book i think it says he's 25 so it's not like he's 32 and a 17 yeah. year old and i appreciated that he never it never felt like he infantilized her as sometimes happens you never in called these... her little one or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel it as much as I we agree. sometimes do. Um, and I think it also helped that it wasn't a sexy book. So right. it felt a little sweeter and more innocent than... Which probably also helped with that. Agreed. Um, and yeah, like you said, I just kind of loved how she immediately like sets him down when he's rude to her at <laughs> their awesome. meet cute and you know that really kind of shakes him and um and yeah I I I I loved her and um Julianne Donaldson's writing you know for her POV and stuff is really good <laughs> I wrote down this line like where she says I was dismayed by how handsome he was <laughs> and I just thought that was <laughs> A funny way of saying that. And then I wrote down this line as well when he says, are you always this stubborn? And she says, yes, I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> well, I loved, I really liked the um, 
reading the novella, that got the prequel novella, from his POV, mm-hmm. because I really liked how it explained why her insult was such an insult to him and why it had such an impact on him. Yeah. So if you haven't ever read it, it's super short. I mean, I read it in an evening. And um, it's worth it because it's fun to see his POV on so much of that. Yeah, and even if you don't, I mean, you 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 get you do get some insight later as to why, and it's just because he respected his father so much, who really taught him, you know. Well, he didn't respect his bro- older brother Charles at yeah. all, and that's why when she said that, he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm becoming my brother," and mm-hmm. I, and that really hurt him. So yeah, that's why he like bent over backwards then to start helping her and to get to know her better. Yeah. Yeah, I just really loved her. I I loved her, especially in, in contrast to her sister, which I think also was a thing for Philip. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought she was a great little Regency heroine. Um, so, Mom, what did you think of Philip as our hero? I loved Philip. I loved oh, Philip. The thing I loved about Philip is he fell so hard so fast, and it uh, was amazing. And Well, um, he is a freaking walking talking swoon machine like there was definitely so many things where i was just like and even though when you're reading it and you don't have his pov you can just see how he was just enthralled with her twirling and her falling in the river and i mean all the things that you know just just about did her in because she was so embarrassed all the time but he just thought it was so delightful well i love that he is such a flirt but i also love the revelation that he just really turns it on for her like everybody talks about how he is very charming but people who know him are like no i mean he's really ramping it up (laughs) well (laughs) and they're like he's really not a flirt i mean the one girl said he was but i think she was just trying to get to her um because most of the others were like, he's not really a flirt. Well, yeah, his sister-in-law, I think, flirty. later says, like, he's just very charming. Like, he knows how to right. win over a crowd for sure. But, but I he wouldn't... loves flirting with her because yeah. she just gets so flustered by all yeah, of it. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I love how much he just loves to make her blush and, you know, just lives for those moments where he gets to do that. Um, and there's just... I don't want to get into like specific moments because I need to save them for yeah. Don't ruin later things. on, but <laughs> there are just so many things like he just does. I don't know. There's a lot of like close talking, yeah, and um, all of that. I mean, like we're gonna talk about how it's very clean, but it still felt very passionate just because they had right. these like super charged moments for well sure. and the, the whole thing about him like taking it slow because he needed her to come around and she it took her a while to mm-hmm. come around and um but it didn't feel like he was pushing himself on her at all which would have mm-hmm. bothered me with a 17 year old mm-hmm. you know who's naive um so it was very sweet that he kind of held off he felt very protective of her he um it was frustrating to him i get well, that he was he was a true gentleman he, he was he, he, it was his responsibility to take care of her and to be even pre- though he didn't want to be <laughs> yeah he was like i just want her dad to show up so that i don't have to do this anymore i don't have to be your protector anymore because yeah. i got things i want to do <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I loved that. I love, I don't think this is going to be either one of our Sweeney moments. I loved um, their little moment where, you know, I promise not to love you. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> because of your money and I yeah. promise not to love you because I can't remember why he was going to love her. Yeah, I don't remember now either, but it was super cute. It was And um, I also, I also don't think this will be either of your Sweeney moments. Uh, loved how jealous he would get and how his mom realized this and would potentially, like, would, you know. Yeah, like poke the bear. <laughs> on purpose, you know, poke the hornet's nest just to rile some things up, to get some things moving. <laughs> Well, and his mother's revelation that to her that you know he's ne- he hasn't been this happy in years, and yeah, you know it's all because of you. Yeah, just sweet, just sweet little book. Such a sweet story. Um, what did you think of the message of grief in this book, and how kind of all these different parties handle it and things like that? Well, it was all very different. Yeah, kinds of grief. I mean, she was grieving for her mother. Uh, her father then immediately took off and went to France. And she felt that he maybe he was mad at her because it was her horse her mom was riding or something. Yeah. I don't know. There was all kinds of little things there. Um, so there was her father's grief. She was grieving. You know, her mother died. Her sister, she was like torn away from her family as soon yeah, as her like mom as died. As soon as it happened, she got sent away to live with her grandmother. So she's taken away from her home and... Her you sister know, like, went to live with a cousin in London, and her dad went away to France. And so it wasn't yeah. just, she was not just grieving her mother's death, but just the separation of all of her family members. Yeah, it, well, like, all the separation of all her family members, and, like, the only home or neighborhood or town. And especially back then, you have to think about, like, that's literally all she had ever known. Like All she, she'd ever known. And yeah. However, when, when she lived in Bath, it was very reminiscent of our trip to Bath. Because yeah. she talked about having tea in the pump room. I was like, ah, we had and tea in the pump walking, room. She lived in the Crescent, which we yeah, went to. Walking on the Crescent. And we did that as well. And and so that was kind of fun. But, yeah, uh, yeah her, um, the whole grief process, there was a lot of different kinds of grief going on. And then his well, whole grief about his brother. Yeah. and Because uh, I think which, his was more grief- for, I think, I mean, because him and his brother definitely obviously had like a strained relationship. Um, so I think he he did grieve for his brother, but also like the man his brother could have been. And Well, and I think he grieved for himself for, because being you know, thrust kinda, into that Yeah, position. he got thrust into being the, and they never do say what rank he is. Did they ever say he's? It didn't ever say if he was like a duke or an earl or. I a, thought he. I think I thought they did say he was an earl. I don't know. I I don't remember it. But anyway, either way, anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, him becoming you know now in charge of the estate and in charge of you know the tenants and all of those things, and I think it was kind of a grief for you know the life that he had planned was now completely changed, and he just. He always wanted to marry for love, and he didn't see that happening now that he was, you know, inheriting all of this estate and money and mm-hmm. things. Well, and there so. was more pressure on him to just get married without, right. you know, thinking, without any 
recourse for feelings and, you know, right. love and things like that. But he wanted to marry for love. Bless him. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I also, I really liked um, the dialogue between the two of them when um, they're talking about her dad and, and she's like, well, you know, he he needs to be, apparently he needs to be in France. That's where he needs to, like, grieve my mother. And yeah, he's like, he well, what about you? And he's like, well, what about you? Like, why does he get to decide, you know, like, you're grieving too, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you need him. So, I don't know. I, I liked that, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, that I think it has a lot to say about how we kind of need to reach out to each other, even when we think maybe someone else's grieving process is needing space. Well, and she was very selfless in the way she thought of everybody. Her sister, yeah. who tended to be pretty awful sometimes, but she was always very, you know, understanding of her sister's ways. And yeah. um, just all of it. She was always very kind about to people and very selfless in the way she viewed things. Yeah. Oh. Um. So that's a good segue into what did you think of Marianne's relationship with her sister, Cecily? Well, I th- <laughs> at times I thought, and not just because of him, but I thought she it was kind of unhealthy the way that she just kind of uh, let Roll her over sister and let her sister be, yeah be better at things and and take things yeah. she wanted. And here, let me let me read this quote that I wrote down for them. Um, this is Marianne saying, I decided it was better to want something different from Cecily instead of lose to her. I learned to hide my desires or to change them as soon as learning hers. Yeah. And, you know, in the book, uh, she meets Philip at before she makes it to Edenbrook. And then when she gets to Edenbrook, she finds out that he is a son in this family. And she keeps hearing about Charles and understands Charles to be the eldest son, which he is. But Charles has died a few years ago. And so Philip is now the heir. And she was not aware of any of that. And she was not aware of any of that. But she was aware that Cecily was, quote unquote, in love with the heir to Edenbrook. And um, so she's kind of starting her flirtmance with Philip and then finds out that it is, in fact, Philip who her sister has kind of set her sights on. And so she feels some kind of sense of loyalty to her sister to kind of give up Philip because. Well, I think it's loyalty and I think it's a fear of because she's always lost everything to Cecily. Cecily's always won won everything. And so it's a fear of I might as well just give up because she's going to win him. Well, and Cecily is, you know, like the reputed beauty and she's much more fashionable and she's probably what society would deem. (laughs) Yeah, she's probably what society would deem a more proper wife to a lord and things like that. Um, But, you know, especially at that point, I'm like, please, he's so obviously in love with you. Duh. Um, But I, um, yeah, I I did get it that she felt like she needed to step back, you know, out of loyalty to her sister. Because, you know, if you did find out, because I think in her head, because this is all before Cecily even really shows up. And I think in her head when she finds out, she's like, my sister has been telling me like how in love with 
Philip she is, and she doesn't really know the situation between the two of them. And so... Sisters before misters. Yeah, so you would feel like a sense of like, I I need to take a step back. Um, But she also probably should have figured out quicker that Cecily is not actually in love with him and she's treating him like garbage even before they've gotten married and things like that. Well, and Cecily's the kind of person who can fall passionately in love with just about anybody that comes along. So, yeah. But I did like that dynamic, and it did kind of show you a lot about her character. Right, and, and you could you could feel, it didn't feel forced or unreal. It felt, you know, like something that could have actually happened. So Yeah, and it's like this twin sister who, like, yeah. so they've been through literally everything together, and so she definitely feels this very, like, duty-bound, you know. And like we've said, she's had this history of, like, giving up things to her sister, and so... I think she just kind of adds this one to the list and is ready to kind of roll over. But then as they kind of start growing in their feelings for each other, she kind of gets more like, you know what? No, she didn't yeah. get him. I want him. <laughs> and I love that. Yes. Um, did you see the thing with Mr. Beaufort coming? Mr. Beaufort. I, okay, I knew it was either going to be Kellett or Beaufort, who had, um, who was her highwayman, who who attacked yeah. her on the road. Um, I knew that there was going to be something going on with the highwayman theme because everybody kept saying like, "Oh, in this area, that's in this so area, strange. that's so weird." And yeah. Beaufort kind of came out of you know nowhere, yeah. so I was I was kind of thinking it was Kellett. Kellett is her cousin, right? Yeah, who was supposed to inherit her grandmother's fortune but now she was going to inherit her grandmother's fortune so there was some animosity there yeah i just couldn't figure out why like the only thing they took was her locket and i was like who would want the locket that's and that's kind of what kept drawing me and so when he explained it you know at his big evil villain reveal yeah um i was like okay that that makes sense um and yeah, so I knew something was, and then when Cecily was kind of like, I don't know that I like that Mr. Buford, then I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's probably going to be, yeah, it's probably going to be him. Um, and I wasn't sure if he was, if he was up to shenanigans for his uncle or if he was up to shenanigans for himself. for himself. And I figured he probably had found out about her inheritance and that's why he was... After her. I, I figured either one of those two, Kellett or Beaufort, had found out about her inheritance, and that's why somebody was... That's why. I figured it was going to be one of those two, and that's probably why both of the characters are in there, is to throw us yeah. off. Yeah, probably. Um, I did write down this line. When um, he, when Beaufort has kidnapped her, and then her dad and Philip show up, and he's like... Uh, Philip's like, tell me what you did to her. And he's like, I made sure you wouldn't want her anymore. And he's like, I will always want her. Always. There's nothing you could do to change that. There's nothing you could do to and change that. And like, she heard that. And, like, yeah. and then he's like, well, what? then why do you want to know? He's like, because I would never make her say the words and because I want to know how much I should enjoy running you through. I was like, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's good. It was a whole, it was a great scene. Yeah. Um, I really liked a lot of the side characters in this one. Who who was your favorite? 
I liked her maid. I thought her maid was funny, and I loved how they, like, worked together. And she's like, oh, you want me to find something out? I'm on it. <laughs> Super gossipy. Yeah. <laughs> I liked his aunt uncle and, like, their whole... They were funny, too. Like, nature thing. And I loved when... Um, he was getting all jealous at a dinner table or something like that. And uh, his uncle is like, you know, the rhinoceros gets very aggressive during mating season with other men who are after. And she's like, did he just equate me to a rhinoceros? <laughs> well, she's thinking, did he just talk about mating at the dinner table? <laughs> yeah, basically. I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> um, but I thought, I thought they were they were fun little I did like them I liked um I liked his mom a lot too she was really sweet with her yeah I liked his mom I liked his sister-in-law I even so Cecily we should say too I liked that she's flighty and she's a flirt and you know she's you know a little um loose yes we say but well, um, you know we can't even say loose because I think she's probably just going out and making out with some guy in the bushes, which you know, to each his own. Um, <laughs> but Who are we to judge, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> do you, girlfriend? But Especially in, back in then. the end, she did like back, Cecily yeah, Phil- or she did back Marianne. Well, and she Phil- like so. kind of helped orchestrate them getting their crap together there towards yeah. the end, you know. Yeah, and um. I like that, you know, she's kind of like, no, like you, I could tell that you guys obviously have feelings for each other. So obviously yeah. I'm going to take a step back. And she's like, there's plenty of rich guys I can find. With big <laughs> exactly. Estates. Exactly. Um, That's what I said. She can fall in love with anybody. Yeah. So I like that she, you know, she didn't end up being like a villainess or anything like right. that. And even Louisa, who was kind of snobbish to. Yeah. Our she's sweet like, little Marianne. Are you, I love my brother. You better be good to my brother. Don't yeah. break his heart. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why she was rude is because she was she could sense that there was something going on between her and the brother, and she wanted her best friend to end up with her brother and not some upstart who she didn't know anything about, you know. And so, anyway. So I thought I really liked all the side characters. I thought yeah. all of them were very well fleshed out and very distinctive. And agreed, Ellen. Agreed. And I really liked all of her descriptions about Mr. Whittles. Oh, gosh, she was terrible. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> but like you could see everything that she was describing. And ugh. there was the, okay. So he really reminded me. There was this guy who, when I worked, when I lived in LA, and there was this Panda Express right by my work, and so I would go there a lot for lunch and there was this guy that was always there who had the weirdest lips they like but he didn't work there right no he just ate there at lunch for lunch all the time and anytime i saw him there sitting in the dining room i was like i have to go take this and eat somewhere else because i can't like watching this man eat was not a pleasant experience <laughs> And I could the Panda Express and I could not eat while watching him eat because it would make me sick to my stomach. It was so it, gross. It made your orange chicken taste worse. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's talk about no sex, baby. Mm-hmm. Talk about mom-friendly. This is beyond mom-friendly. Yeah. In fact, but, you know what? We're already I did... recommending this one to people yeah. that we <laughs> you can read this book. Things. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't miss it. 
it was just such a great, passionate, romantic story that I didn't miss the sex. They're both so sweet that it didn't bother me. And like it felt like an appropriate heat level for like their characters and the tone of the book. And there was just like I said, there was so much passion. It kind of. okay. so I kept thinking about the 2005 Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden, uh, Pride and Prejudice. And there's so many like. Okay, so I am a diehard for the Colin Firth. Like, that will forever be my, like, ultimate Pride and Prejudice. But um, I have always recognized that the 2005 is way more just, like, ooh, like, passionate. (laughs) Like, you feel that one. And, um, like, I think about the moment where he, like, helps her into the carriage, and then he's walking away and just kind of, like, clenches his hand. Clenches his hand. (laughs) You can feel her heat stealing his hand, just like in our books. Yeah, or like when they're under the um, the gazebo and he, they're just like leaning in and they almost kiss right after they've just gotten in that fight and then they like back away and I'm like, oh gosh. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that in this one where it's just these tiny moments, but they're so Well, charged. they're leaning in and she's like, is he going to kiss me? Yeah. I think he wants to kiss me. But yeah. no, no, he couldn't want to kiss me. And then she backs up and it's like, ugh. Yeah. yeah, but it's very, so, very charged with Yeah, passion. even though there's not anything, like, crazy. I mean, I think they kiss and that's it. Yeah. Um, but there's still just a lot of, like, whoo, whoo, like, a lot of swoons in this one. And so, then when he finally does kiss her, like, he's got her up against the bookshelves. and Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So that's a perfect segue into what is your swooniest moment? Okay. I'm going to let you pick first. I am like intentionally picking two now <laughs> since you always pick the same one as me. Well, we're essentially the same person. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know cool. you love it when I What's say cool that. that? <laughs> uh, when I was reading and I was like, this is going to be my swooniest moment. Is when he's writing the love letter. Oh my gosh! Right, love the love letter, and he writes that letter, and he signs it with his own name. And I'm like, girl, how can you not see that he's totally in love with you? Okay, and this letter is written right to you. So that scene is like so hot. <laughs> no kidding. Like just just imagining them just sitting there, and he's just writing out this letter, and she's just reading it over his shoulder, and you know that they're both just like so yeah. pent up and yes <laughs> it was that was so swoony like it was I, so swoony and then <laughs> then when she tore up the letter i'm like don't just yeah. keep it just because i know you're mad at him but just keep i did letter. love though when she's like when she re- realized that she had torn it up after they had gotten together and she's like will you write me more and he was like i will write you as many as you want. i'll write you hundreds of yeah. love letters okay, okay so I'm going to read some of the letter because okay, so good. Um, when I look into your eyes, I lose all sense of time and place. Reason robbed, clear thought erased. I am lost in the paradise I find within your gaze. I long to touch your blushing t- cheek to whisper in your ear how I adore you, how I have lost my heart to you, how I cannot bear the thought of living without you. To be so near you without touching you is agony. Your blindness to my feelings is a daily torment, and I feel driven to the edge of madness by my love for you. And I was like, homegirl, how? (laughs) First, 
of all, even if you didn't have feelings for him before, that would make you fall. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at this point, she's still, like, thinking he's this massive flirt and he does this with everybody, but still. And he's just teasing me because he likes to see me blush. And But I was like, gosh, dang. And then he signs it with his own name, which, yeah. like, hello, how yeah. much more do you need? And, well, and he's, like, referring to, like, specific situations about them and, like, them, talking about, like, how can you think of me as just a friend, da, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like... Wake up and smell the freaking coffee. She she was pretty naive, though. So yeah. anyway, yeah, so that was torturous. Before that moment happened. So this is our my my second place. Uh, before okay. that moment happened, the moment where I was like, oh, this is going to be Spooniest moment because I did not think that that could possibly happen. Love letters writing to each other. <laughs> um, but before that one, I thought their picnic was also the picnic really, was really good cute. and um there's a lot of very like just stopping and staring at each other in there and when he's watching her sleep and i i wrote down this line when um because she had said like is it okay if i sleep and he's like yeah of course i won't tell anybody and she's like um and later he's kind of teasing her he's like what lady falls asleep in a gentleman's presence and she's like you said it was all right he's like no i didn't i said i wouldn't tell anybody <laughs> Well, I loved when she, he's like, you snore. And she's like, I don't snore. She's like, you shouldn't talk about me, my sleeping habits. <laughs> um, but all of that. And I, you know, them sitting on the hill and looking out together and all that stuff was just really cute. And it was. There was just a lot of scenes in this one where yeah. I was like, he, yes. he keeps outdoing himself. Like, how is this possible? Well, and I love how he says, Come to the library and we'll play chess in the afternoon. And so she comes every day and every day they don't play chess. And so she keeps going back thinking they're going to play this chess game and they never even ever do play the chess game. Well, and game. he's doing it, like you can tell he's doing it on purpose because he just yeah. keeps trying to push out. To get her to come back and to come back and to come back. Yeah. And that was yeah. the, the other one was the library scene was really sweet. Where he's telling her about his travels. travels and, and Yeah. And, you know, how enthralled she is. and Yeah. Because he... If you read the novella, he tries to talk to Cecily, I think, at some point about, you know, have you ever traveled Traveling. abroad? And, she says, yeah. and she's like, why would I want to do that? London's why would great. I want? Why would I want to leave London? And he's just like, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, let's hear what some of the listeners thought about this one. Excellent idea, I think Ellen. we are very clear on where we stand on it. Um, Mallory says, so I was the one to suggest this book and I was excited you guys decided to read it. I read a lot of romance books. Obviously, that's why I'm here. But I feel like a lot of modern romance novels are missing true quote unquote romance. Don't get me wrong. I love books with all of the sexy times. I'm disappointed with most books if they don't have sexy times. But sometimes I just want a book that is pure old fashioned romance. The letter scene? OMG. Every time I read that scene, I think I will die of the happies. Now I realize everyone who reads this will at some point be annoyed at how clueless Marianne is. I mean, she is pretty freaking clueless. Come on, Marianne. But this is one of the few books I don't mind the clueless heroine. I'm able to look past it because every time Philip is on the page trying to show her how he feels about her, my heart pitter patters a little harder. If I'm ever in a book funk, I reread this one because it never fails to cheer me up. I hope you loved it. We sure did, Mallory. We did. And Mallory, we appreciate you recommending this book. But I have to give a shout out because 
our friend Penny Reed also yeah. recommended this. Penny one Reed to us. also was a hard uh, sell for this one as well. Um, Jessica says Philip was so swoony. <laughs> So much pining. Marianne was a little naive and clueless sometimes, but she was 17, so I think you have to forgive her. You could understand her self-doubt and her conflicted loyalty. I'm so glad things turned out the way they did with her twin. I was worried she would be a villain, but she wasn't. I read this in one day and stayed up way, way past my bedtime, which is a definite sign of five stars. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. same for me as well. Uh, I would have liked to see Philip's POV. I know there is a novella that gives us part of the story from his POV, but I would have liked to see it incorporated here. Even without his point of view, you could feel his pining. It was glorious. Um, We've talked about this before, but I think this is also kind of a case where it was so obvious how he felt that maybe getting his POV. (laughs) Yeah, maybe getting his POV just kind of would have hit it over the head a little bit too much for me but I mean I definitely like after reading it I was like oh I would have loved to have seen his POV in this scene or this scene I think his POV was he was crazy about Marianne so (laughs) and just wanted to be with her dang it um Alexandra said I don't know if I will get through a reread before then but I adore this so here are some of my thoughts rephrased from 2015 I loved this so much Marianne is so awkward adorable and relatable I felt for her and her annoying suitor just visible cringing and squirming on my part during all the parts with him I loved every bit of Marianne's time at Edenbrook with Philip it was so swoony (laughs) it was equal parts hysterical and slow burn proper romance i feel like there was a rather funny part where she gets caught in a tree branch and a swoonworthy moment in a stable i am here for this book yeah there, there was another good one in the stable. <laughs> that was a good scene. um if you like the style i'd recommend mimi matthews her books are adorable proper regency romance as well with tons of banter and tension mm, okay i'll have to check that out uh, Sarah said, I don't think I'll have time for a reread before you record, but I know I loved this one. I remember listening to the audiobook years ago, and as soon as it was finished, I pressed play and started over again. <laughs> I recall <laughs> it being delightfully sweet, squeaky clean, and very romantic. Sigh. Um, Natalie says, I read this book a few years ago before I started reading romance and remember really liking it. Rereading it a couple years later after having read a bunch of romance novels is a different experience. I still enjoyed it, but the characters read as a lot younger and passive than I remember. There were some moments when I wanted to shake them and say things like, use your words, or this strange (laughs) feeling you have is lust because you are warm for his form. Duh. (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, regardless, I still thought this was a very cute read and Philip's love letter was so swoony and that whole bit was full of excellent tension. Lots of good pining. Um, Cassie says, I adored this book. It was an easy five-star rating for me. I really liked Marianne and Philip was so swoony. (laughs) Swoony is just the word for Philip. Um, (laughs) This was a true romance through and through. This book gave me butterflies multiple times. I would have loved an open door love scene, but I didn't feel like I was missing anything without it. The book was a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. An- Agreed. Yeah. Annette says, I love this book and have re- reread it several times. I still smile at every letter she writes her aunt <laughs> or yeah. her, her grandma. Yeah. I did I did like her letters to grandma because her grandma wants her to learn how to be an elegant lady. She says, this is what I've learned about being an elegant lady. <laughs> she 
so it's not all that great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not impressed. Yeah. Uh, the heroine was painfully clueless, clueless at moments. Love letter writing lesson. Yeah. But I could suspend my disbelief easily enough to enjoy the swoons and the heartbreak, and I have always enjoyed that Philip's kiss was described as devastating. <laughs> that is a very good word for a kiss. Um, Aaron said, I liked this one, but it wasn't a love for me. I kept getting pulled out of the story because of Marianne's naivete. It was in character with her being so young and sheltered, so I don't begrudge her, but it added a frustrating element to the story for me that I am not used to anymore. I started to become a lot more endeared to her as she started putting her uh, herself first and having more confidence to go after what she wanted. I'm glad they turned it around for her sister at the very end because I did not like her at all throughout. Um, Philip was super swoony though. I agree with those that have said that, uh, said before that the letter writing scene was amazing. Yeah. I think that's a fair, like, well, I think though that that's was the journey in the book was Marianne becoming more, you know, Hey, you know what? Self assured. Yeah, I deserve yeah. good stuff, too, and I'm going to go get this guy, so. Yeah. Um, Kristen says, I basically had butterflies in my stomach the entire time I read this book. It's the literal definition of whimsical, heartwarming, and swoony. That letter scene will stick with me forever. <laughs> I am so glad I read it when Mallory recommended it a few months ago because I had been in a slump of back-to-back meh contemporaries, and this change of pace was exactly what I needed. Um, so that's what everybody thought of Edenbrook. Mom, final thoughts. I loved this book. I, I could see where this would be a good reread every now and then because it's just makes you all feel all Twitter pated. Yeah. And it's like, it it was a quick read. Yeah, Uh, it was quick. It's only a 250 page book, which is, yeah. Yeah. And, um, lively enough to like kind of you know, keep it going at a good pace. And yeah, there's just, there's so much in this where I was just like, oh, oh Well, and I think oh. I was surprised because when it was described to us on multiple times, it was described as like this sweeping, beautiful love story. And then I would, so I was a little surprised by, you know, the, the um, villain story and the, yeah. the, the, you know, them being attacked by highwaymen. And so the, the suspense and things that were in the story as well mm-hmm. kind of caught me off guard. And it was in a good way. I, I enjoyed it. Well, and it, I, I don't know if I would describe it as sweeping. It's more just, I felt it was like, I don't know how to say, it's like kind of a sweet little encompassed, like, I agree. I don't know. Uh, romance. And, I, I thought, yeah, I, I think it was a kind of nice change pace with, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've been reading with contemporaries and things like that. So yeah. I, I and loved it. And we've talked about this before, but um, there's books that we've read that I get into the book and I think if they tried to stick a sex scene in right now, it would be completely out of, it mm-hmm. wouldn't fit with the way the mood of the story is going. Mm-hmm. I felt that way with um, Making Faces. And um, so I was really glad that there wasn't a sex scene in it because it wouldn't have fit in with the way the story was going. So. Yeah. And, you know, there it's kind of like, I think it was Cassie who said uh, there could have been a way to do an open door love scene, but I didn't feel it was completely necessary. And, um, you know, the other thing is that I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I had a strange shower thought one time where I was like, 
I wonder how many, like, what the percentage of people throughout the course of, like, human history is of people who, like, had sex after marriage or even, like, kissed after marriage. Oh, you mean, like, didn't have sex until after marriage? Yeah. Or didn't even kiss until after marriage? Yeah. Like, when you take into account, like, all of human history. And, you know, I don't know. It's, like, in probably different cultures. Like, I'm thinking kind of more Western civilization, probably. And um, I don't know. It's just something. And so I think with Regency, while we in the romance community are, you know, hardwired to think that they were all having sex all the time, I think it was actually more common for them to not have sex until after marriage. Probably. Um, I would like to think so. Um, Yeah. I didn't have sex till after marriage, so I would be in that percentage. Yeah, I know you would. (laughs) Supposedly. Um, (laughs) It's it's a true story, Ellen. Anyway, um, so I, you know, I think it's nice to occasionally get a Regency romance that was actually probably more true to the time. Right. Agreed. So... Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Eden Brook by Julianne Donaldson. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and our Instagram, which are both at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you on December 9th, our last episode of the year. We will be discussing A Virgin River Christmas by Robin Carr, as well as naming our Best of the Year awards, um, which I'm going to put out a list of the categories so you guys can weigh in with some of your picks as well. Um, Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You know, they are having a Virgin River, like, on Netflix. They're having a Virgin River series. Yeah. Which we didn't know about until, I mean, we didn't know that when we picked the book. Mm. So, no. Uh, I think I did know about that, actually. Oh, Ellen. um, Anyway, so we look forward to talking about that with you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mom. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.